Hello and welcome to episode number nine of Travels with Squeaky. Travels with Squeaky is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers. And I'm your host, Kathy Belge. This week for our guest, we have Shirley Gautier. Shirley is a nudist who enjoys naked camping and boondocking. We had a great conversation about camping and hiking in the nude and how to stay safe out there, whether you are clothed or not. So let's dive in. Here we go. Okay, Shirley, I am sitting here this morning. I'm super excited to have as my guest, Shirley Gautier, who is um, a camper that I've met uh, through our Wander Women RV group, which seems to bring a lot of great women together. And one of the things that I found out early on about Shirley that I thought was really interesting is that Shirley is a nudist and enjoys camping in the nude. And we're going to have a great conversation today about all of that, what that means to her. And if it's something you're interested in, like how to maybe dip your toes in and get involved. Um, so, but let's, let's back up for a second, um, Shirley, and I want you to just tell me a little bit about how you got started in RV travel and a little bit, maybe about your rig and where you like to go. I guess I got started in RV travel, um, when I was first married and, um, that's when, you know, only men and women could get married and I happened to marry a man. So that was 52 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, my husband worked for the forest service and they gave us permanent housing. We had lived in a tent prior to that in a campground up on the North on And they gave us a, I think it was like a 32 foot trailer with a bedroom on each end. And I never even thought about it as RV living, you know, it just never entered my mind. So that was my first experience. But then, then later on a four foot trailer that I put in a stationary RV site, then later a 36 foot RV with two tip outs that I still own. And then now I currently have a 22 foot class C Winnebago outlook that I absolutely love. And I found maybe it's my forever outlook mm-hmm. <laughs> my forever RV unless something goes wrong and heaven forbid, I'd have to purchase one. Yeah. That sounds like the perfect size, 22 feet. Um, so what do you love about your outlook? Uh, I like the size it's 22 foot. So the small size allows me to camp in any of the older uh, tent camping sites with BLM and U.S. Forest Service that were created for tent campers. I love boondocking. Boondocking is my favorite because I'm away from everything, people. And a lot of the places that I boondock, if I was towing a trailer or I had anything much larger, I would not be able to get into and so the, the little outlook allows me a great opportunity to get to places I couldn't otherwise get to. Well, Shirley, I know I want to talk a bit about um, your nude camping and uh, being a nudist, but since you talked about boondocking, that was something I wanted to ask you about because you do inspire me with all the boondocking that you do. So just if you could take a moment to tell us how you find the awesome spaces that you do find. You just don't come across a good boondocking site. I would never get in my RV and go searching. Um, I have an old minivan and I'll take the minivan up into the national forest and it's much less expensive because I get, get better gas mileage. And then I will stake out and research good boondocking spots Mm. so that when I start out in the RV, I have a destination in mind and you always want to have two or three destinations because you may get there and maybe it's already taken or somebody else has already camped there um, or it might not be safe anymore. A lot of the boondocking spots have been trashed out by disrespectful campers Mm. Um, or it might have been, you know, like with all of our fire danger, it just may not be there this summer. Yeah. Good point. uh, So it's a lot of research and, I usually don't like to go to places uh, like boondocking.com or any of the social places on, on the social network because too many people know about those sites. Mm-hmm. So I like to try to find a site that I feel is, I have to go out of my way to get to mm-hmm. so that it's just not right off the road and visible so that, you know, I don't get a lot of company while I'm boondocking. 
So is your main tool to finding boondocking spots then just going out and exploring in your van? Correct. And, and what kind of maps do you use? Um, I guess I'm not really a map person. I don't, I've never really used a map. I just, I'll head, and I like to boondock close to home. Mm -hmm. uh, mainly that's a budget thing too. I, okay. I have some beautiful spots next, you know, that I can boondock basically just going on mountain drives and, and okay. researching and occasionally somebody else will share their private spot with me. Mm. The spots are kind of like good fishing holes. You never ask a fisherman where they caught those fish. Right. <laughs> so they're probably going to lead you astray. Mm -hmm. So while I would share my boondocking spots with my wonder woman sisters, I'm not going to put it on social media by any means. Right. Okay. That's a good, good point. Save them. Let's keep them forever wild, I guess. Right. Yeah. I want to uh, ask you how you came about being a nudist and, and you know, what it was that kind of drew you into, do you call it a lifestyle? Sorry. I don't mean to uh, yeah. offend if that's, uh, the I, I should have mentioned earlier that lifestyle is a uh, really a no. Use yeah. Word. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because I'm a nudist and I practice family non-sexual nude recreation. Okay. The lifestyle is a word that uh, the swinging community uses. Mm. Okay. And so while it's two different entities, uh, we just don't use the word lifestyle because it may be misinterpreted. Yeah. Thank you for I clearing that up. My, yeah, my way of life, actually. Okay. And so while some people call it nude recreation, to me, I'm nude. I mean, I have a t-shirt on today because I thought this was going to be a video. Um, yeah. But my home is nude. I have a six-foot interior fence, an eight-foot exterior fence. I make it at home all the time. I keep a rope by the door. If somebody knocks on the door, I can grab a rope. Mm. Most of my friends and family know I'm a nudist, so it's no problem. Mm-hmm. The way I got into it was that um, well, I'm 71, so I experienced the 70s and the hippie era. Okay. And in those days, um, I lived up on the North Umpqua, and I never thought, you, if someone would have asked me if I was a nudist, I would have said, heck no. Mm -hmm. I just love to go uh, skinny dipping. And uh -huh. when you use the word skinny dipping, it seems so socially acceptable. Yeah. Where if you say you're a nudist, it's like, I don't know where their mind goes, but it seems to be um, less accepted than mm. being a skinny dipper. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of skinny dipping and it was, you know, around friends and everything. And our neighbors would leave every weekend to go camping. And I would say, well, where are you going camping? We live on the North Umpqua River. It's the best camping in the world. And they say, oh, down by Eugene. Well, finally, they shared with us that they were going to a uh, clothing optional resort out in the Marcola Valley. And mm. would we like to join them? And I had two young children. Well, I was not going to take my children to that place. So, okay. so I went there by myself. And I, I remember the fear and the stress and how nervous I was at that first visit. Because in my mind, I thought maybe they're going to take my clothes and lock them up and give them to me when I left. And uh -huh. I had, yeah. all of and I did not have a um, I wasn't happy with my body. I was so thin and skinny and flat chested. I was con I, I felt so conscious of how I looked walking through those gates. Mm. And I remember saying, if I see one person I know, I'm out of here. Mm. Well, they were there for the same reason I was. So I remember taking off my clothes and 10 minutes later thinking to myself, I never want to put these on again. Wow. wow. It was just because it was a whole different world, bodies of all sizes and shapes, and nobody seemed to care. The mm -hmm. only one that really cared about how I looked was me. Nobody's right. mm -hmm. And uh, people of all ages, uh, playing volleyball, mowing the lawn. Uh, so, and the resort itself was so luxurious and beautiful. So um, it just, it just take, took nothing to transcend into that world. And I was raised in a, what I call the no-no church, Southern Baptist slash Nazarene. Mm. So very strict in growing up that if I, if I would have said I wanted to uh, go nude in my own bedroom, they would have probably put me in some kind of therapy group. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Wow. That sounds really amazing. Like you just walked in and, and then you just kind of knew, oh my God, you just felt, it wasn't like you felt like you came home. It felt like I was, I thought I was going to step out of my comfort level, but I realized that I never could wear a bathing suit because I felt so self-conscious in a bathing suit where, you know, you had hairs coming where they shouldn't be coming out of your bathing suit. You, mm-hmm. It was squishy and it was uncomfortable. They don't make a comfortable bathing suit that I've ever found. And so when I was naked, it just felt like everything kind of flowed where it should go, you know? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and the same way with clothes. Uh, I remember the, the hardest part about going that first time was putting my clothes on to leave. Wow. And, and, so, I'm just curious, yeah. do you make different clothing choices now? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 re, I so remember um, my daughter coming home from school when she was in about the fourth grade. And she said, I just can't believe you. And I said, well, what is it you can't believe? And she said, you're the only mother in my entire school who doesn't wear a bra. Mm. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, oh, I don't even own a bra. Oh. I, you know, and um, yeah, looser clothes. Yeah, a lot different clothes. I just repetitively wear the same collection of tie-dye shirts. Pretty much, I have, my closet is very bleak, especially now that I'm retired. Nice, that's great. That's great. I love it. Um, no, there. Yeah, the restrictive clothing is is no fun. And I went to Peru for 18 days on a carry-on, and not that I went naked there, but I've learned to pack, and I've I've learned to uh, realize that I can wear something more than one day in a row. You know, for years uh, prior to being a nudist, I'd wear something one time and throw it in the in the wash. Well, then being a nudist, when I go out to my um, RV site, uh, my leased RV site, I don't pack any clothes to go out there. Mm, you know, have, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no laundry. Amazing. Yeah. No laundry. That's great. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned going to this resort uh, with friends. This was back in the seventies, you said, and Correct. is this the same resort that you're now a member of? It, it is. And so okay. I, I believe it's like 52 years or over 50 years now. I think that I've been going there. So t- you got- t- tell us all about what, the, what's the, what that is and what's it like and well, I'd like to do some uh, research because I believe it may be one of the the healthiest, longest uh, co-ops in the state of Oregon. It's a 40-acre membership co-op. So when you uh, pay your membership and you're accepted as a member, uh, you're, you're part of the co-op. Mm-hmm. And as a co-op, it's 40 acres that includes uh, several pickleball courts, tennis courts, volleyball courts, horseshoe, bocce. Uh, shuffleboard, pool tables, uh, a bar and a cafe, a full service bar where they have live bands. Um, There's a hot tub, a sauna, over a hundred full service RV sites. Wow. Uh, How many many people are there on a typical weekend then? I mean, let's, I I mean, before COVID, you know. Yeah, pre-COVID. I should also, also have expressed that the boondocking, I don't recommend boondocking right now uh, because of the fire season and, mm. and nobody would know where to find me if I they needed to evacuate. So er, everything I've said about so far is pre-COVID. But um, the resort on a given weekend, I don't even know that I could really guess because there's probably, I'm going to guess, 60 RV sites of people that live in their RVs full time at the resort. Wow. And then okay. on and then on a given weekend, uh, the guests and our, our membership dues and fees are kept low because of the guests and people from the public that come out to enjoy the resort and they pay fees every week. And there's a total, I believe, of about 331 members right now okay. full-time that, that pay membership dues and have voting rights. And so okay. we're talking about a huge lodge, a tent camping, a beautiful, beautiful dog park. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's quite a luxurious resort. It's like the best kept secret in the Valley, I believe. Yeah, it sounds it sounds great. So, uh, people can come visit. What are the, what are the expectations or whatever for a first time visitor? Do they need to be invited by a member or can people um, just sign up to come? 
it takes given the resort a call, especially now you, you give the resort a call mm -hmm. and they would set up a time and then they would, um, somebody from the membership committee would be there with a golf court to golf cart to give them a tour mm -hmm. and explain, uh, our history and a little bit about, um, etiquette. Etiquette is really important in the nudist uh, community. And well, why don't uh, you would... talk a little bit about the etiquette? Oh, okay. I'd love to. The golden rule about in the nudist community is that you always have something to sit on. Mm. That is like the major rule is uh, you either carry a towel or, or something to sit on. What I found works for me is that I wear uh, a long t-shirt or I carry it. And that way, if I'm chilly, I've got a t-shirt to put on. If, if I'm not, I can take the t-shirt off and I have it to sit on. Okay. And a lot of people carry towels. But that's the golden rule. The other rule is that a lot of people, unlike myself, want their anonymity in the nudist community mm. because they're either worried about their um, their jobs or their workplace or family. Uh, we have members who have adult children that don't even know their parents are nudists. Mm. So uh, you you would never ask somebody what their name was. Uh, you might introduce yourself and say, "Hi, I'm Shirley," and they might say, "Hi, I'm Jack," or "I'm." you know, but you'd never, and you never ask them what they do for a living. You never pry information. Mm. If they want to give it to you freely, then that's theirs to give. Okay. We, um, we also, in order to be a member, everybody, a prospective member goes through a criminal background check. And, oh. and I always tell people, you shouldn't really rely on a criminal background check. And so because we're a family uh, nudist resort. That's the only place that you have to wear clothing at our resort is in the pool and in the hot tub. There's absolutely no clothing allowed there. Mm. And the sauna, sauna, hot tub, pool. But so we want to, the etiquette is that you don't approach children. And we tell, we tell the uh, parents, there's no substitution for parental supervision. So you would supervise your children the same way you would at church, a boy scout meeting at the park, at the grocery store. So, and then unless you know the family, um, you know, you're just respectful. You, you might say good morning, something like that, but unless you're invited, you don't intrude yourself on others. Okay. And, and then once you be, once you, people get to know you, of course, it's, it's a much different story, but as a new member, I always recommend, you know, let, let the membership get to know you. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So, um, Shirley, you joined this back in the seventies. Did you end up bringing your children to oh, the yeah, resort? I raised, yes. I, I raised, um, two children at the resort and then we moved to Hood River where we had a huge old orchard home with a sauna, outdoor sauna and a hot tub or yeah, outdoor sauna and a hot tub. And all our friends knew that we were nudists. So it became the nudist place. And I so bet. I want to go. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> Sounds <nice>. fun. <laughs> and it was, um, so my children were always around uh, nudists. Uh, you know, we would have gatherings and barbecues in the backyard and they would all show up. Then uh, my two grand girls, um, they loved coming out to my place at the resort. Children are naturally unnoticed. Mm. You know? Right. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. So th they actually loved it. Um, one thing about the resort, and I have never, ever been able to really understand why, but we're heavy in law enforcement members. Huh. And over the over the decades, I went, I asked one law enforcement officer who actually kept his anonymity, uh, and, except that, you know, he did share with me. And I said, why are we so heavy in law enforcement? And he said, well, if you were ever to weigh me with everything that I have to wear to work every day, mm. and naked, you'd understand we carry around a lot of clothes. And he says, and plus we're able to decipher um, and define nudity and keep it separate from sexual nudity. So mm -hmm. there's an understanding there that nudity does not have to be sexual and is not, you know. So um, That's I always felt extremely safe with my children and, and grandchildren at the nudist resort, but it, I still, they were well supervised at all times. Okay. So would you recommend a clothing optional resort for a solo woman traveler to visit? 
And and, and, okay. And how, like, and and I know you're talking about the specific resort that you belong to. Um, How can someone determine whether a resort that they want to maybe visit if they're not in the Eugene area, it is a safe place and that they know that, um, you know, they're not going to be, I think that's the biggest worry as women, right? If we take our clothes off, we're going to be preyed upon. So I kind of want to get into that a little bit and how you assure your safety when you're out there boondocking or camping and also how we can assure our safety if we um, are are attending a resort or something like that. I, I love that question because we are a national organization through American Association for Nude Recreation. However, each club and resort has their own uh, identity as far as uh, rules and, and membership qualifications and that such. I belong to the Willamette Towns Family Nudist Resort because it is an all-inclusive resort. Uh, our, we have a non-discrimination policy that is so welcoming and is mm-hmm. why I feel very comfortable to go there. Mm-hmm. Regretfully, I have to admit that there are resorts that I do not visit because they are not as inclusive or I have chose just not to go there. Now, how do you define which ones are and which ones aren't? You go to the website, check out the website and see if they have different fees for men than they do for women. Mm. And you would um, call the resort first and ask a lot of questions. Um, so talk a bit about the different fees for men and women. That sounds like a red flag, but I want to hear you spell it out a little more. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally, um, it's a total red flag to me because if it's a non-sexual family resort, there shouldn't be any differentia. And so, uh, some, some resorts have a higher fee and their, their explanation to me is that, well, we don't lot, want a lot of looky-loos or voyeurs, and we do it to protect uh, and make and help our women feel comfortable. Mm. Well, that is such a lame reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another, and the thing is, we at the Willamettans, we have no policy. So because we don't discriminate in any way, we have so many single women members out there. Mm. And our single men are the ones who contribute the most in volunteer time and labor. So I know that, that it works. It's a good business decision not to discriminate. Okay. And we can call it anything we want, but it's a form of discrimination. The other clue in question is um, when I call a resort, I've probably been, I'm going to guess maybe to 20 different resorts, is I call and I say, how do you define couple? I see where you have couple memberships. Mm-hmm. How did you find the word couple? Because that's a real red flag. At the Willamettans, we do not sell couple memberships. We only have single memberships. I have a membership. My husband has a membership. Mm. And okay. uh, we define a couple as any two people sharing the same residence, maybe. Or uh, in the past, we would design couple as to any two people sharing the same address because we saved a lot of money on mailing. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and postage was really high at that time and it was yeah. before social media. So there are resorts that I don't go to. Uh, and sometimes by their website, you really can't get the red flags. So mm-hmm. I always follow up with a phone call. Okay. And, okay. and ask those pertinent questions. How do you define couple? Why is there a higher rate for men? Um, because in the swinging world, that's how they do. They'll charge men a much higher rate than they do women um, because they want the women to come. And how do I know that? Not from personal experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you just know that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk more about um, the places because... Uh, I'm assuming that when you go boondocking, um, you're also camping nude. Am am I right right to assume that? Yes, definitely. Okay. So what safety precautions do you take and do you, and do, uh, well, let me back up for a minute. Cause I know you, um, you, you did mention you have a husband. So do you go boondocking by yourself? 
I do. And, and when I you- also go with my husband too. Okay. So when you're out solo boondocking, um, is that a time where you enjoy nudity? Yes. Okay. So what do you think there's a time that I don't enjoy nudity when I'm wearing clothes? It's well, I believe in nude when possible and clothing when appropriate. Okay. So how do you keep yourself safe when you out there? Um, you know, in a, just camping by yourself. I mean, I know a lot of women are nervous just to go camping by themselves somewhere off grid period. So, and you're adding an extra layer of vulnerability, I think by taking your clothes off. So just curious what steps you take to be safe out there. Oh, be happy to share those. Most of the things I do are the same things I do if I'm textiled and I use the word textile for the community. That's not a nudist. So I love that the textile community. Okay. And so I always let somebody know, the general uh, vicinity that I'm going. And whether it be up Fall Creek, up the McKenzie, the North Umpqua Forest, I let them, somebody know where, what direction I'm going. And um, I can't tell them the exact spot because you never know until mm-hmm. you get there. And um, when I'm heading out to Boondock, I keep my phone really close because I want to know where, where I lose cell phone coverage. Mm. If I find boondocking spot that has cell phone coverage, it's a win-win. But if not, then I need to know in case of emergency, how far I have to go to get coverage. And that can be for uh, mechanical problems or, you know, feeling like my gut is telling me you, you need to leave or, you know, whatever. So then um, when I get, to, when I find a location where I want to boondock, I make sure that I pull in and I have my uh, RV pointed in the direction out so mm-hmm. that when I get ready to leave, I don't have to maneuver around. I'm, I'm already headed out in the right direction. Okay. And then um, in the surveying world, there's this roll of surveyor tape and it comes in bright, bright colors, yellow, red, green, um, and it's plastic. And so when I head down the road, I will put a piece of plastic over that road so that people maybe driving by looking for a spot won't drive down there. They'll know that spot is already taken. Oh, is that a common practice with boondockers? That's really a great tip. Well, I haven't, I've never seen anybody else do that. And I posted, I cross posted on my outlook group and everybody went, well, I never thought of that. Yeah. So that's I, a great idea. I know that yeah, that's what I do. Um, and, and it, it seems to work. Otherwise, sometimes you go down the road and you're out of sight. Nobody can tell you're there until they drive down. Right. And, and that kind of keeps, so I put the tape across and I put some streamers down. And then um, I never imply that I'm alone because a couple of my boondocking spots are real close to hiking trails, which is what I like because I nude hike. Mm. So I never imply that I'm alone. If, if somebody happens to come down, um, I always say, you know, I'd ask my husband inside, but he's asleep right now. Okay. Or my husband is on a short hike. He should be back anytime. All right. I'd be happy to help you out. You know, something like that. Okay. Uh, or, or my kids are, I'd share the site, but my kids are going to be here anytime. Mm. So I, I, I always, you know, imply that. And, and especially when I'm nude camping, I have my lawn chair. I will have a long t-shirt that covers my behind and my whatever down there. Yeah. And uh, so that I can immediately, if somebody does come up, I can put the shirt on. Not that I'm worried about them seeing me, but the last thing you want to do is offend anybody or uh, make them feel uncomfortable. Okay. And, and so I always keep a long t-shirt handy mm-hmm. and um, I never post on social media, where I'm going. And if I'm there and I do have internet, I never socially post while I'm there. Um, okay. You know, you don't want the world knowing you're out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm real careful about, I'm, I'm a mentalist. So if you were to go in my RV right now, you'd think I have it prepared for sale because I don't do things. But in the past, mm. a few years ago, um, I would set up camp and I enjoyed all my pride paraphernalia and it looked like a pride festival happened <laughs> and, and my atheist prayer banner going on. And 
and my bumper stickers and my wheel covers, a peace sign. And so what I realized, and I didn't realize this till somebody camping with me and a group camp meetup said, you know, I really feel uncomfortable when you do that because you draw attention to us. Mm. And I didn't realize that what I was doing impacted those around me so much. And so now I'm much more careful about the bling. And so mm. when I see women, uh, especially women, and it's, it's not really just women, but, and they've got bird feeders hanging out, they have their cutesy lights and their, all of that cute stuff that they decorate their trailers with. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, it's a sexist comment, but it sort of says I'm a woman and I'm here camping mm. because I've never seen men decorate their sites that way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I think be careful about the bling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also when I'm um, nude camping, I, I make sure that I'm not, um, well, my, one of my favorite sites is at a a trailhead and nobody uses a trailhead anymore because the trail is fairly overgrown and it's, and they've taken down the signs. So it makes Mm. a great place for me, Mm -hmm. but so I was, I faced my RV kind of counterclockwise so that I could easily whip around and leave, but I couldn't see the road, the people driving up. So I was sitting there naked when the forest service people came to two men and walked around the RV and it kind of surprised me. I really didn't have time to grab a t-shirt. Oh, and yeah. They stood there and had a conversation and, and basically just said, we need to make sure you have your five gallons of water and your shovel. And we're only here to, um, to remind you about the fire danger. Mm. So now I'm more conscious about uh, being able maybe to see the road or to see people approaching. Okay. Because, you know, I didn't, you know, at the time it was kind of scared me because I, I had not heard them come up at all. Well, and that I would be have... startling even if you were dressed. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So pretty much I do the same thing, nude camping as one person would um, textile camping. Okay. Um, as far as people always ask me, do you feel safe? And have you ever been afraid? And uh, there's two times that I was very afraid. And one of them, I was up fall Creek and it was at a a section of timber that a forest had had recent or decades ago been burned. So there's a lot of dead trees and I was hiking and I thought I heard somebody shooting guns Mm what it was a windstorm had come up and trees were falling and wow I'm running back on this trail to get to my RV and I had no idea where those trees were going to fall that was probably the scariest thing my goodness yeah yeah the other thing I'm very fearful of is I'm out boondocking by myself and if I should have mechanical problems that's why I want to know where I have to go to get cell coverage okay and one thing I'd like to include is I read on a lot of websites, um, how put two chairs out, put some boots out. Mm-hmm. And I always have two or three chairs out because I want it to look like, of course, there's more than me. But as far as being scared of people, I've mm-hmm. never had, I've never had that experience yet. Okay. Um, and, and that, that saying that everybody says, listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Listen to your gut. <laughs> Um, Shirley, do you ever go to any of the clothing optional beaches around Oregon? I am so happy you asked that one. For the over 20 years, I have been a volunteer at the Rooster Rock State Park. It's mm-hmm. one of two legal nude sanctioned beaches in Oregon. And I've worked with the um, park staff there. And if you're walking down to the beach, there's a big wooden sign there and it says, this beach adopted by the American Association for Nude Recreation through the Oregon State Adopt a Park program. So for the past over 20 years, I've worked with the staff there and there's been times when I have worked with the park staff to educate them and they've educated us. Hmm. We have provided little cards that you can ask the park staff at the office or any park employee and it's uh, a little card and it tells you how to report inappropriate behavior. And there's phone numbers on there that you can call from the beach if you have a cell phone and they will come out in the golf cart. And so, um, because I have experienced inappropriate behavior on the beach and uh, whether it's somebody trying to take my picture or if it's somebody uh, 
you know, really inappropriate behavior. And it's not just limited to men, um, mm. inappropriate behavior with women too. So, but I love nude beaches. They're, they're some of my favorite nude recreation and Rooster Rock is my favorite. And then we do uh, two beach cleanups at Savi Island every year. Nice. Work nice. With work with the Oregon Fish and Wildlife Patrol. And we do two at Rooster Rock. Um, and so, yeah, we're very active on the nude beaches. And the, the best defense about uh, inappropriate behavior is uh, never approach the person mm-hmm. um, because you really don't know what they're doing. Um, we do have one woman who found it very helpful uh, taking camera a camera at a nude beach or at a clothing optional a resort or any nude venue is actually a real no-no. But she carries her camera at a nude beach for self-defense and her self-defense is she just turns around and aims the camera at the person. Okay. And they usually leave or stop doing what they're doing. So, um, but, and then getting people to report it because what happens, people go to a nude beach, they have a a negative experience and they quit going. Yeah. And so it's basically turns that beach over to the people that are there for the wrong reasons. Okay. You know, I have to be honest, I've pretty much had, encountered creepy men every time I've gone to whether it's a nude beach or a clothing optional hot springs. I, I seem to maybe not always at the hot springs, but I, I, every time I go to a nude beach, I end up just encountering like men masturbating or, you know, just stuff that you don't want to encounter. That's not why you're there. So um, so you think the best defense is to report them? Absolutely. And, and the, the description is very important. Now at the clothing optional resorts, we actually, at the Willamans, we keep what we call a do not admit list. And that's people who have been walked to the gate. We, it's a lock mm. the gate. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are, that's really great advice. So thank you for that. And, um, I, I guess part of me always was just, I just kind of like, well, this is, if you're going to go to a nude beach, this is what you're going to run into almost like it comes with the territory. So you're saying it doesn't need to come with the territory. No, no. Um, people that do inappropriate behavior are usually the regular users, the people that come regularly. Well, this has been great. This has been really informative for me. Um, Shirley, is there anything, um, that we didn't get to that I didn't ask you that you feel is really important to bring up. Well, I guess if I I do nude camping and with my nude camping and I love the hot springs too, I'm a hot springs are my passion, but um, if you're going to combine nude hiking with nude um, camping, my suggestion would be, you know, start your hike very early in the morning, carry Mm -hmm. that long t-shirt and, I've never encountered a hiker that I came on that complained or most of the time they'll stop and chat or, um, but it's the mountain bikers right now because those bikes make no noise. Mm. And so whether you're textiled or whether you are nude. Um, and so if mountain bikers or any hikers, if I am, a, if I see any, or I'm being approached, I will say to the hiker, I said, Oh, how many's in your group? That way I know if there's some more coming. And then I, if the first one I ask how many's in the group, I'll put on my t-shirt till the rest of the group goes by. Okay. And the same mountain bikers usually say, don't bother. And they'll just ride on by, but there, there's no noise involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if they have children, you can, you can hear the noise. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's basically, it's the same rule as if you're sitting at your campsite. So I'm curious when you, when you do your nude hiking, do you wear shoes? Yes. Shoes and tennis shoes and a hat and, and a ton of sunscreen. Um, the sunscreen, the sunscreen is like, uh, kind of a joke with us. That's our, that's our, how we make ourselves textile as we, we, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and that's the same way with textiles too. They, they wear a lot of sunscreen. Yeah. We've had so many, uh, wonderful experiences hiking uh, there's a nude hiking group a uh, very active one and, and and they combine nude camping with nude hiking and um 
do I have time to tell a story about my nude hike? The most funny one. Yeah. I want to hear about your story. And I also want to hear about these nude camping groups, because that might be a good way for someone who wants to get into it uh, to, to get started with another group. So yeah. So tell me your story and then let's hear about these nude camping groups. Okay. So uh, there's a commercial hot springs called Brighton Bush hot springs. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they do workshops and, um, and I've never attended a workshop there, but I, I have went to the hot springs there in the seventies because my husband worked for the forest service and we camped in little cabins up there. So we were boondocking up there and we started our hike very early in the morning and we were nude and we're on the trail and we kept passing these women on the trail and not just one or two, but like, and they'd say, good morning. We'd say, good morning. And they'd walk on by. And so at one point we were doing a selfie and this woman walks up and says, Oh, I'll be happy to take that picture for you. And we said, okay. And she goes on and about maybe the sixth woman says, wow, this is going to be an interesting class today. And we said, so what's going on? And she said, Oh, we're here for an all women's writing group, a workshop. And we were told to go out for an early morning hike and come back and write about it. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> So we kind of laughed about that, but later we realized there was only one woman who seemed a little bit put off um, that we had intruded on her trail and you could tell she was uncomfortable Mm. and we had, you know, been trying to put on our shirts, but it didn't quite make it by the time she came upon us. But um, most of the time um, that we've found people on the trail, it's, it's just been no problem. I think people that go out hiking in the national forest are, probably more accepting than people that don't get out of the city. Mm -hmm. It feels that way. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, if I was out hiking and I encountered a nude woman, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be freaked out. But I think if I was hiking and I solo and I encountered a solo nude man, I'm, I, I might be a little scared. Well, I've talked, I have a lot of, um, men friends that are nudist and they said they don't feel uncomfortable when they're by themselves but they feel uncomfortable if it's if it's two men and um Mm. they much prefer to have a woman along with them when they're when they're nude hiking and Mm. so uh, so there's nude hiking and nude camping groups that you could probably find on facebook or by googling right um we also have a group of Anner members, uh, the association members that are called travel clubs. And they are a group of nudists who own no land. They have no permanent structures, but they meet and they do adventures. They, they'll go to the beach together or they'll do a cleanup together or a hike, or uh, they'll maybe a lot of the nudist venues have music festivals. And so their travel club will meet and they'll camp together at a resort and enjoy the luxury of a resort. And yet they have, they're just a travel club. They have no land or anything. So okay. they participate in events at resorts. Nice. Awesome. So there is a nude cruise and it's through an organization called a business called Bear Necessities. Mm-hmm. And they lease out carnival cruise ships and other cruise ships. And so I got to go on a cruise ship with thousands of nudists. Wow. The book, it, it, booked out the whole cruise ship and so when we think of skinny dipping and nude recreation as a i don't know i think i was once told that people thought i went to some little hippie commune out in the woods yeah that's where i went they didn't realize it was a luxurious resort and another place that there's been times five years in a row i went to the eugene airport got on the airport flew to newark on the east coast got a shuttle to the motel the next day my friend picked me up drove me to sandy hook nude beach and it was glorious there were thousands of naked bodies on that nude beach and i never saw any any inappropriate behavior because they had lifeguards Uh and they were selling selling hot dogs and cold drinks and and uh you know we're, we're talking thousands of people and so it felt like i was in my element like wouldn't it be nice if we could all just you know, kind of mm. toss those $50 swimsuits to the side and enjoy life. But yeah. um, so nude recreation, whether it be camping or hiking or, or cruising is um, it's a world. It's not for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. And you know, I think 
it is or it isn't, but uh, it certainly has been a wonderful life for me. That's great. Well, there's been a few of the Wander women who have joined me at the resort and, and they were, I think, surprised. Uh, a couple took a tour, uh, one camped for the weekend. Um, and I think it's kind of a surprise. I, I think at the resort that I belong to, we get very protective of all of our members. Um, we have, um, you know, a couple trans, transgender and mm-hmm. we are very protective. I mean, we, you know, if you feel uncomfortable, please tell somebody. Uh, the last thing we want is somebody to, to experience something inappropriate, whether it is a stare or a comment. Uh, there are men who have been walked to the gate who simply didn't realize complimenting a woman's body is inappropriate at mm-hmm. a nudist resort. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. uh, the last, you know, we think all bodies are beautiful. So when you go complimenting a woman, it can make her very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we have a locked gate and there are people that get walked to the gate. And, and you know, if, if it's, if it's an, ed, somebody that is not educated, uh, they'll get a warning and they'll be told they'll just nicely be talked to. It's not like everybody gets walked walk to the gate for doing something, you know, that they just didn't realize would be offensive. But we don't use that as an excuse either. So I think. Shirley, I love I, I love what you just said. You don't compliment somebody because all bodies are beautiful. That I think for me, that's going to be the biggest takeaway from this interview. Uh, when I first joined in, in 72, I think I weighed about 130. And I had gotten up to a few years ago to 213 pounds. And mm. so when I hear usually a woman will say, and men say it too, but not as, not as much, woman will say, if I could lose five pounds, or if I look like you, I would go. Mm. And I, I said, well, I don't know that it's a place for you because no matter what size I have been, and I've been them all, my skin fits beautiful. It's mm. always comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, the other common thing is, what about voyeurs? What about people that just come out there to stare? Mm. <laughs> and I have, it, it just is kind of comical because listen, by the time you look at appendectomy scars, women with double mastectomies, uh, varicose veins, uh, birthmarks, uh, tattoos that are 50 years old, tell me, let me tell you, they don't look as pretty at 50 years old as they did when they got yeah. them as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, so when you think of voyeurs, they're going to get bored pretty fast. I mean, Think about walking into Target and just imagining everybody nude. It's not mm. a something you're going to pay money to go see. Yeah. I do think, though, there is something about, um, I know you say that you're not supposed to look and whatever, but I do think there is something really freeing when you walk into a place where everyone has no clothes on and just to look at all the different shapes of bodies right? And, and how they're all just so different. There's just something about that, that I think we don't get to see when we're all covered up in clothes. Yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty amazing. um, The different body shapes and, and it takes away all that economic you when you meet somebody nude, you have no idea what their finances are, what their line of work is, and so I think you get to know people on a more personal basis because they're not wearing a uniform. Mm. You don't work at McDonald's. You don't know what kind of car they drive if you're just meeting them on the volleyball court. Um, right. So yeah, it, it puts everybody more on a, a level playing field as far as mm. getting to know everybody. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Awesome. So if people want to get involved, learn more about um, your particular resort, let's start there or the organization you belong to, where, where are some places they could start? I would start at our, um, our national website at A-A-N-R, A-A-N-R, yeah, com, okay. And that is our national website. And from there, you can go to a club locator Mm-hmm. And the club locator, you type in the state, and then it'll give you all of the resorts that are close to you. And okay. then again, I strongly 
repeat that if you're going to visit a resort, you call and ask all those questions. And not every resort is as, as, as inclusive as the one I belong to. Right. And also it'll have, uh, there's a section on there for first time visitors, uh, etiquette, mm. uh, terminology. And it'll also have highlights. Wow, Shirley, this has been really lovely. I really appreciate your coming on today and sharing all this. I learned a lot. And um, I'm sure this is going to be a really informative interview for my listeners as well. It's been fun. And maybe one of these days, I'll be able to have like a nude women camping group. (laughs) Who knows? All right. Thank you, Shirley. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully I will see you out there soon at a campground. Absolutely. Take care. Be safe. Wow. I really enjoyed that interview with Shirley. I think I'm going to try to get her to take me out nude camping or at least go visit her at her resort. So here's some of the takeaways from this week's episode. If you're going to go visit a nudist resort, remember the etiquette. Bring something to sit on respect people's anonymity, don't approach children, and don't intrude yourself on other space. Number two, if you want to visit a nude resort, do your research first to make sure it meets your social needs. And number three, a red flag that it might be more of a swinger resort than a family-friendly resort is that they charge more for men than they do for women. Number four, Language is important. It's not a lifestyle. And number five, most importantly, all bodies are beautiful. Let's celebrate them all. Thank you again for listening to Travels with Squeaky. You can find more content for solo women RVers and campers over at the travelswithsqueaky.com website. And if you like what you heard here today, please consider leaving a review, subscribing, sharing with a friend, It really helps and does mean a lot. And if you have a topic you'd like to see covered, please email me at info at travelswithsqueaky.com. Our theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And I'll see you next week or out there on the road.